0: This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. What do you say to people, the naysayers that say, you can't change, you are who you are and your stripes are your stripes?
1: I mean, that's absolutely false because we know that a growth, having a growth mindset, first of all, you need it to be fulfilled because within a growth mindset, you're always questioning yourself. You know, when you're in a growth mindset, you're always looking for how can I change? How can I do better? How can I grow? How can I challenge myself? You have a very big sense of self-awareness without that growth mindset of always wanting to better yourself and always wanting to challenge yourself, you're just going to be stale and then you won't change. You won't change. But if you have a growth mindset, you can't help but change.
0: What if you had a dream or desire your first book you could finally share your story or express your views about a topic or subject you are passionate about and what if 2020 became the year Your dream became a reality. Turn a new chapter in your life. Literally. Join me for a live webinar where I'll share my 10-step program for writing a best-selling book. Register now. Seats are limited. Don't miss it. I believe in you. Your best-selling book is waiting to be written. Don't let another week slip by. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Joy McAdams. You help medical practices achieve a growth mindset through relationship building. You are an Ironman competitor and a five times mom <laughs> welcome to the show
1: welcome it's so good to be here today and thank goodness for technology right amidst everything we're facing it's nice to stay connected this way
0: for sure and we we've been trying to schedule this for a long time i the first post i saw of yours on linkedin you were actually training for your iron man so it oh, really caught my attention so i'd love to start if we can with the the Ironman, because it's a real big deal.
1: Sure. And and the funny thing is, have you told me last year, even at this time that I would be doing that? I would have said, you're crazy, like only crazy people do that. Like even last year at this time, I wasn't to that growth mindset yet. And, and it's amazing to looking back, you know, whenever we're challenged to do things, we need to go for it because it's like, God knew that 2020 was going to be this, you know, crazy challenge. And I really needed everything I learned, um, and every way I pushed myself and every way I grew in 2019 to be ready for this. And had I gone the lazy route, gone the easy route and not you know, challenge myself, I don't, I don't know how I would be handling things right now. So it's so important that we're constantly challenging ourselves. So yeah, um, I'll take you real quickly on the journey. Um, you know, I know I've, I've said it a lot, but you know, there's a lot of people that still haven't heard the story. And what happened was the end of December, uh, 2018, I was at a standstill in my business. I had started LinkedIn. So I was, um, I would say I was about maybe five, six months into really being active on LinkedIn and and this growth mindset that you, you know, that you just gather when you're on this, this platform had started to stir within me. And I just felt like, you know, I'm at a standstill with my business. What can I do to, to grow, to grow myself? And I was slipping through old pictures and I saw this picture of me as a child. Um, As a four-year-old, I ran a 9.3 mile race. It's a a big race in Tampa. It's the Gasparola distance classic. And and you think, oh, a four-year-old running 9.3 miles, that's amazing. I mean, is it? Not really, because four-year-olds, they have so much energy, right? So energy-wise, that's not very impressive. What was impressive was the focus of a four-year-old to want to train and to want to run that far. Um, You know, the true hero was my dad who had to run that slow for 9.3 miles. But I saw that picture of my little self and I actually posted it on LinkedIn and it was this focus on this four year old's face that I was like, man, I need that focus. And, and you know, I've never done a marathon, so a full marathon. So I was like, maybe that's what I need in my life right now. So it was like December 30th. I think I ran my first, you know, a little bit longer of a run. I had always been consistent and really up to speed with my health, but it was just that you know, that consistency. It wasn't anything big. It was just like, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of working out every day. Um, so I have never done anything like this. And, you know, it was that journey of training for that marathon, um, that immediately I started to see the results and I started to see my business growth parallel with that as my mindset started to shift. As I started to push myself, as I started to experience, you know, this growth, and, you know, that just kind of, it, it just led me um, to my first marathon, which I, I did a big thing about that on LinkedIn as well. It was in Hawaii. You know, I figure if I'm going to torture myself, might as well be in a beautiful destination, right? Um, and, and, it, and I remember that morning as I drove up that mountain and the bus kept going and kept going and it was dark. I was thinking, we're running this whole way? Like, this is insane. I was so scared and so terrified. And I started the race and it was a downhill course, which, you know, that sounds easy, but it actually challenges your body even more because it's um you're actually, you know, really challenging your quads and your quads, I mean your quads and your hamstrings at the same time because and you're going faster, you're pounding harder than your body's used to. And so come mile 10, I like my leg, my one leg was shot. I got this pain, like this, this pulled in my muscle that I had never felt before. And right then and there I was ready to quit. Right. I was like, I'm not a runner. Like, like this isn't me. I'm just going to tell them to take me back. I can't finish this. And you know, I had run 20 miles in training. So I was shocked that at 10 miles I was already like feeling done. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that was just the first time that I was able to really implement all this growth and mindset that I had done in my training to push through that. And, you know, I really see even now I can apply that to what we're all facing, right? Because in that moment, which is what we're all facing right now, when that big challenge comes where you're like, you know, shocked by it and you're feeling overwhelmed, the main point, um, the first point is keep moving, okay? While you're trying to figure out how you're going to get through this and what you're going to do, you can't stop because the minute you stop, That's when all the unhealthy emotions and mindsets. I mean, when you stop that momentum, you're going to freeze and you're going to start going backwards and you're going to start, you know, believing all the the self-doubt that's going to be thrown at you. So that was my first lesson, you know, as I was experiencing that pain and trying to push through it, I didn't stop. I kept hobbling as I was figuring out, okay, what's my next step? What am I going to do? Am I going to quit? Am I going to go? But I kept moving. And that's how we can, you know, we can relate it right now to today is we're facing this big challenge. So the worst thing you can do is curl up in a ball, give up, let the anxiety, let the impression, everything, you know, depression come over you. Keep moving, keep doing something, even if it's a slow crawl, keep moving, don't give up. And so, you know, that was the first step that helped me get through that was that keep moving. And then the next thing that I I kind of realized was, let me just remove myself from this for a few minutes and kind of like focus down the road at my end goal, right? Like, like let me just relieve myself of all this pressure and all this pain and look what it's going to look like at the finish line, feel the middle around my neck, feel the just the, the emotions the, the come over me as I'm going to cross that line with a sense of accomplishment. And, And, you know, when you really remove yourself like that, even if it's for a few minutes and see what the end result's going to be, see that this isn't going to be forever. You know, if I keep moving, eventually I'm going to finish this race. You know, this isn't like an endless race. It does have a finish. And just allowing yourself that little bit of a break and seeing the vision of the end of what it's going to be like, that also really helps you like mentally be able to keep going. And, and you see that end result. And that's what we got to do right now too. We got to realize this isn't forever. Okay. We're not going to be trapped in our homes forever. We're not going to be under this economic oppression and challenge forever. You know, we got to see what is life going to be like after this again, you know, and that's the biggest hope it's hope. That's what it does. It, It gives you hope. And that's what everybody needs. Um, you know, even people when they're in the hospital, when they're facing, you know, big health challenges. You don't want to focus on your whole life being in the hospital, right? You want to remove yourself and think when I get out, I'll be going to the beach with my family. This is what life's gonna look like once I, you know, recover. Like you have to look down the road to give yourself that sense of, of relief so you can come back and, and have that hope to keep going. And so, you know, I went through that stage. And and then from then it just goes into digging into a real sense of grit and And, you know, you get to the point where, you know, you can say, you know what, if if, I mean, I I created this crazy scenario in my mind, if I quit, this is what's going to happen. And it was something, you know, so horrible. I was like, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm going to keep going. And that sounds crazy. But I I started to see just the tip of the iceberg of how, you know, these Navy SEALs get through stuff. Because, you know, you look at some of the things they do and you're like, how can someone possibly do these types of things, you know, or even, you know, our, our military going into battle. And, and I can see how that mindset has to grow and, and change and shift. And, and you truly learn how to play mind games with yourself to give you that strength and hope to keep going. And, you know, so that got me through my first marathon, you know, the end came, I was, you know, it was everything I wanted it to be, that feeling of accomplishment. It was just amazing and um you know so that that was the first thing that really threw me into that okay now i'm in this growth mindset and i'm moving and i'm moving fast so after that um we went up in a helicopter cuz i couldn't walk literally i could not walk the next 2 days and i wanted my husband to see the island and he hadn't seen it before and so we went up in a helicopter and as we're going over the kona coast the helicopter pilot says so joy what's next an iron man and i was like oh, shoot, <laughs> why did you say that? Like, why put that into my mind right now when I'm in this crazy growth mindset? Because I didn't know how to swim. I mean, aside from just leisurely swimming in, in a backyard pool, I don't. I didn't know how to swim. I never really cycled, cycled. And so I knew there was going to be a lot of growth that was going to have to happen to be able to even think about doing a triathlon, let alone a half Ironman, um, never dreaming it would end up in a full... And, uh, so that started, that was in March. And so then that started me trying to learn to swim, trying to learn to cycle, totally tanked my first triathlon. It was a small Olympic, um, triathlon. It wasn't a very long distance, but that swim, I'm telling you, I was the last one out. I thought I was going to drown. I cried because literally I was the last person. So I spent the whole race by myself, the rest of the race. And when I got to the end, my husband was like, so you're really thinking about a half Ironman still? And, you know, I was like, just watch me, you know, that just kind of fueled my fire of now I, now I know the preparation that's going to be needed. And I really, you know, had to work on getting that preparation. And so I did for the next couple of months I prepared, I did my, my half Ironman um, in Augusta and it was a, a 98 degree race. I was terrified, just as terrified as I was before my marathon, terrified the night before, right? Like, just thinking this is crazy. You know, uh, a half Ironman is a 1.2 mile swim, which that was my biggest fear. And then a 56 mile bike, and then a 13.1 mile run. And I was so terrified to do that. But, um, you know, once I got up and got going that morning and made it through that after that, that's when I was like, that's it. I have to do a full Ironman because I had the confidence now that I realized it's not, it's not that it takes anything supernatural. It's just a series of steps that you keep climbing and you keep preparing. And, um, you know, I decided to prepare. And, and literally prior to that race, I sat there and thought, well, at least this isn't a fool. Like I can do this because some people are so crazy. They do a fool. I'll never do a fool. I just want to do this. And so to go from that to I want to do a fool now, it, it it just totally was a big jump. And, um, you know, along the way, I ran into people, including somebody who, who had done an Ironman in Kona, which is where you got to qualify to go as seasoned athlete. And he told me, I don't think you'll be ready. Like, like, like you really need to get a coach. You, and that discouraged me. You know, I thought maybe I'm leveling up too much, you know, a full Ironman. Like, that's the real deal. That's not a joke. You can't just wing that. And, um, but once again, I, I just, I learned through all of that to respect the preparation and not to have the fear. And that was my biggest lesson through all of this, um, the night before my full Ironman, and it was in Cozumel, I, I wasn't fearful like I was in a panic fear like I was with the marathon and, and with the Ironman. I wasn't fearful. But I did have this huge respect for the preparation for what it was going to take to get through this. I knew it was going to be hard. I knew I was going to want to give up. I knew it was going to be challenging. But it it was a different shift in my emotions and my mind. It was more like, I respect what this was going to take, but I'm not fearful. And that alone showed me how much I had grown over the year. So the marathon was in March. The half Ironman was in September. And then the full Ironman was in November. And, um, you know, that day, my husband said, every time I saw you, you were smiling. Were you even working hard? And I was like, I was just so happy to be there and just. So in the moment, it was so surreal. I was like living my biggest challenge and 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 overcoming it. And I don't know. It was just a, such a feeling of accomplishment. I thoroughly enjoyed every minute. It took me over fourteen hours to um, to complete it, and uh, I I can't even explain the rush of emotions. Um, you know, when I finished, it was amazing. And and right along with that was the parallel of my professional life growing. I mean, at the same speed, at the same, you know, growth mindset, because that's who I became. And even though that was in a physical aspect, that translates over to every aspect of your life, which meant to my business. And my business grew right alongside that. And the the one more mindset I'll leave with you about the Ironman was, it's funny, you know, that that morning of my marathon, as I was so overwhelmed and so scared, When I got to the Ironman, after I did the swim, the 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, then my mindset was, oh good, all I have left is a marathon. You know, and that's like so different than way back in March when the marathon was this big feat. Now it it was more of like a relief. That's it? That's all I got left? I got this. You know, and it just shows how how we can grow steadily. And I've been able to just apply that to, to every aspect of my life. And so... I've learned that it's so important that we challenge ourselves physically because there's a direct correlation to how it's going to affect us in other areas of our life, so that was your long answer to your short question
0: just, just <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, I cannot even wrap my mind around look it's one thing for people to talk about this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but to hear everything you did in twenty nineteen it's just like <laughs> it's i mean. it it takes people years to prepare to do one of those things let alone all three that you did so just congratulations I mean that's it's remarkable and even though I was following it I had no idea of everything that you accomplished you know over that time period
1: well and and I'm telling you I mean to be totally transparent I was scared I mean it's not that I was just some great warrior because like even after my half um Well, even leading up to my half, I had some planned and they got canceled and life. And, and I actually, I had this one person on LinkedIn who his, his daughter does Iron Man's and he's the one that kept prompting me like, joy, when are you doing it? Well, you know, and I kept thinking, you know, I speak all this big game on LinkedIn. I have to live it. And he really helped keep me accountable. And I was dreading some of those dates when I would see a message from him. I was kind of dreading it because I was like, oh shoot, I know he's calling me out like like, I have to step up to the plate here, and I didn't want to, and I was scared. And so, you know, I was still very real and raw and, and, and weak, even through this whole journey. Uh, but that just shows you that that's okay. You just keep moving, keep going, and it's okay. You're going to be scared. That's normal. That's natural. But don't let that fear paralyze you to where you don't move forward.
0: So it's really interesting how you, the growth of your business paralleled the growth of your physical mm-hmm you know, um, state at that time. What were you, was that, was that intentional on your part or, or do you think it just happened because that's, that's where you were mentally?
1: Well, and that was my main goal. Remember going back to the beginning, the main reason I thought, why should I run a marathon was because I saw that focus on that little four year old's face, which was myself and said, I need focus. Like I need, you know, so it, the end goal was to help myself in business but trying to find another way to create that, you know, because so many times professionally you can get to a a wall and and you really, there's not much you can do to push through that because what's really needing to change is you. And so you got to look at what can I do in my life to change me? Because if I change me, it will change everything else. And so, so, you know, does that make sense?
0: It does. But what do you say to people, the naysayers that say, you can't change, you are who you are. And your stripes are your stripes.
1: I mean, that's absolutely false because we know that a growth, having a growth mindset, first of all, you need it to be fulfilled because within a growth mindset, you're always questioning yourself. Like even in my post today that that I did about, you know, this this sense of victimization that I realized I had during this time of the challenges, you know, when you're in a growth mindset, you're always looking for how can I change? How can I do better? How can I grow? How can I challenge myself? You have a very big sense of self-awareness, which you need to be able to change, to be able to move forward, to be able to grow. And it's just without, and that's why I push growth mindset so much. Without that growth mindset of always wanting to better yourself and always wanting to challenge yourself, you're just going to be stale. And then you won't change. You won't change. But if you have a growth mindset, you can't help but change. You really can't.
0: So Joy, if we can... Take us back to the four-year-old joy (laughs) and the 12-year-old joy and the 16-year-old joy and the 20-year-old joy. What was it it from your past that gives you such a strong mentality today, Um, so convicted, so driven, so determined? What was it from your past, do you think, that brought you here?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I think I've gone through waves in my life where i I would go from you know being challenged, being driven to being comfortable, and then you know it's been like a journey of of these dips and and valleys of highs and lows um but I would say as a child like that four year old self that truly was trying to prove you know I had two brothers. So, you know, back in that time, it was always uh, a trying to prove that a girl could do this. A girl could, all growing up, it was always this trying to, you know, and it's, it's sad, but it's what made me is what, you know, girls were less than. And so in sports and everything, I had to prove myself. And so I was always trying to grow, right? Like I grew up in the era where there wasn't even girls sports teams and I wanted to play baseball so badly And finally, I convinced my dad to let me go out for the boys' team. And when I walked up, this was my eight-year-old self, when I walked up to that first day of tryouts, the first thing all those boys yelled out was, we don't want girls. We don't want girls on our team. And so I had to dig deep and say, you know what? I'm going to prove them wrong, and I'm going to make them, you know, wish they had never said that. And that's exactly what happened. The next year, we ended up having two girls on our team and it turned over to that's not fair. They have girls on their team because apparently, you know, at that age too, girls can be, you know, more coordinated and quicker and faster and they're they're taller, they're bigger. And, and we really showed those boys, Hey, we can hold our own at the age, you know, and, and then it might not be fair. You know, we could be better than you. So that kind of helped shape and mold me as a, a, a young, you know, as a young child and into adolescence as well. And then I think I actually, into my early college years, um, end of high school, I got real comfortable. There wasn't really a lot of um, challenge going on in my life. Um, really, there wasn't a lot of challenge going on in my life. I kind of went on a, you know, a, a comfortable until uh, mid 30s, which would have been about 10 years ago. I went through a divorce. Um, with three small kids. And that just kind of was that upheaval all over again, where, you know, financially, professionally, everything, I had to start from scratch all over again. And that kind of launched me into a whole another aspect of growth. And, and you know, that was the biggest lesson is, as long as we're comfortable, we're not gonna be growing. But the minute it's sink or swim, that's when you step up to the plate and that's when you grow. And, and that's why I'm actually, As challenging as the times are now that we're facing with this COVID-19, I also know that once we get through this, you know, despite the horrendous, you know, casualties and everything we're going to have, once we do get through this, we are going to accomplish things on a higher level that probably would have never been possible, uh, you know, had we not gone through this because we are being challenged. It is sink or swim right now. I work in the world of healthcare. It is, it is just overwhelming right now but to see how everybody's stepping up and being more innovative and helping each other. And, you know, we're going to be fast tracked into so much growth after this. So it's so important that we try to focus on that right now, you know, instead of being overwhelmed just with the challenges we're facing.
0: Wow. And I have to tell you, I, uh, your story of the, of the baseball, when I was, uh, <laughs> brings back a memory. When I was playing little league, we had a girl on the team. Her name was Linda Kelly. I mean, I'll never Kelly. And, it, you know, thinking back, she actually helped me in a lot of ways, not only from the standpoint of, of treating girls or women as equals, mm-hmm. but you're right. She was more talented than most of the boys on the team. Mm-hmm. And we all tried to level up to her game because mm-hmm. she was That's so awesome. determined. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was actually a wonderful thing for me that I had experienced that and had a girl on my team when i was i think 11 10 or 11 so i think mm-hmm. she was a year older than me but it taught me a valuable lesson and i'm sure you being on that team helped help the boys uh just as much as it helped you and and, and the other girl participate. Sure. so sure, what a great sure. thing i mean that's a that's a wonderful uh story and um i could just you know picture you back when you were a little girl you were tough and and no one was going to mess with you and and i see where your character comes from it's incredible
1: absolutely and that's something as parents too i you know i might be taking you away from what you were the direction you're going but as parents i i actually did a podcast episode with my daughter on this was you know we don't always want to pray for easy for our kids you know we don't want to always be there trying to make their life easy and, and worried about them facing a struggle because you know looking back i see that those times of struggle in my life that that's what like made me right and and if we're always running around trying to eliminate struggle for our kids, you know, that's actually robbing them, um, whether it's financially or socially or whatever. You don't want to rob them of that, of, of stepping up to the plate and, and gaining that fight within themselves. So, you know, that's another lesson I really gained from all of this, too.
0: 100%. And while we're on the topic, I'd love for you to talk about the podcast with your daughter, um, Raising a Boss Babe, Right.
1: Sure. So she is the youngest of five um, and she, of all the kids, had she been the first? She might've been the last. Let me just say that. (laughs) Because she is, she is the most challenging. She's the most, um, really just trying to prove herself. Kind of like what we're talking about. She, a lot of people do compare to being a mini me. So if you put her all the way at the bottom of the totem pole where she wants to be a leader, she wants people to listen but no one does obviously it's, you know, she's in a very frustrated type of, um, you know, situation here in our home. But at the same time, you know, I always share with her, I'm like, you know, at the end of the day though, I do see so much potential in you because you are so driven and and you have had to face some struggle and it it's really coming out, you know, that she's going to be such a leader. And so she brings a real sense of spice, um, you know, and feistiness to the show. And we're just talking about that work, health, life collaboration. Uh, that we all face. It's got nuggets in there for everybody. You know, even if you don't have kids, you can still listen to it and get something out of it. But you know, that's my biggest platform is just teaching people that you. It's so important that we try to have it all. We try to, and I I, I consider it collaboration, not balance. And it's more of a seesaw effect. If you're trying to achieve balance, you're always going to be frustrated. You're always going to feel like you're a failure. But if you think of it more in the mindset of, you know, this is a collaboration. You know, I, I always say a seesaw. I'm like, you know work might be up one week and then family's up the next week and work is down. But as long as you, you're, you know, constantly flipping that seesaw and not leaving one, you know, in a position too long. And as long as you have open communication with your family and with your professional, you know, employees and and professional partners as to how you're collaborating it all together, that's your best chance at truly having it all. And so that's kind of what we maneuver through. Um, and I, I, I just think it's so important. And the same goes for health. You know, you can't just be, let your health go either, because that's going to, no amount of money is going to bring back your health once you let it go. So we all have to have this mindset of collaboration between all these areas of our life so that when we finish at the end of this journey, we have it all. Um, it might take us a little longer than others, but we're going to finish so much more fulfilled. And um, so that's a lot of what the the podcast gets into. And I actually have some good interviews lined up for her coming up, too, to teach her some interview skills. So, you know, it's been a good time to spend with her, too. And I didn't really see that coming either, but we've actually learned a lot about each other during this time, too.
0: That's wonderful. And what I really love about that is you said two important things there. One, they have to kind of learn things on their own, right? Learn Mm -hmm. learn through experience. But also, you're providing some guidance and, and assistance. With elevating her her mindset, um, mm-hmm. her her understanding of of things like interviewing, uh, technology, podcasting mm-hmm. in itself, collaboration—I mean, all these things—at at her young age is that's going to help her so much. Not only in school, but as she gets older and be comfortable in interviews, I could just see the progress. And you've actually got me excited thinking about maybe I could do some things with my kids now too on my platform to to help you know, help them bring their skills along. And and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing what you're doing.
1: Oh, well, you absolutely should, because here's the thing, you know, right now, and, and I've had to tell her, look, trust me, I promise this is worth your time, right? Because, you know, her age, they're into Instagram, Snapchat, you know, TikTok, and that's their view of social media. And, right, right? they important I'm like, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what they are obsessed with, and that's what's cool. That's what they would, I'm like, you have to trust me. Your friends aren't even thinking podcast right now. If you get ahead of the game right now and you set up this podcast right now with all these followers and all these skills that you're going to gain along the way, by the time your friends get to that age where they're like, wow, podcasting is important, you're going to be so far ahead and, you know, have this following and these skills. And, and so, you know, I've been proud of her that she's trusted me to take the time to do these with me. And. And to gain it, our first um, interview that we have lined up is um, Duncan Wardell, who's the former chief innovation officer of Disney. Mm-hmm. So that's going to, yeah, a, a creativity at Disney. So we're going to talk to him about creativity and why it's so important with kids because um, kids have the ultimate creativity that actually dissipates as they get older. And we got to teach them how to hold on to that because it's so important. So I'm setting up, you know, through my connections on LinkedIn, I have some incredible guests that I'm going to be able to put at her fingertips and and talk with them. They're all so gracious to be willing to do this. So the opportunities that I'm I'm giving to her are, you know, are, are amazing. And so I'm so glad that she's been willing to say, you know what, I'll put in the time to do this and trusting me that this will pay off for her. Um, But yeah, it's been fun. So yeah, I would encourage all parents, look for how you can set up your kids in this world of social media, because we all know that this is the future. I mean, it already is, but, the more they can learn how to use it, um, you know, the better we're setting them up for success professionally down the road.
0: And I'd just like to take a quick pause here to, to talk to our listeners for a second that listen here, folks, that Joy is talking about her connections and connecting her connections with her daughter's podcast. So think of these ideas for yourself. How can you utilize your connections on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever you may be to help our children I mean that's huge to give them a, uh, an advantage as they get older it's something it's a big takeaway for me today, Joy, so thank you for that and Perfect. I want, want to make sure our listeners are tuning into this loud and clear because what more what better thing can we do for our kids than giving them access or introduction to something that could help them the rest of their life so that's You're that's welcome. just awesome. Sure.
1: It's real life skills, real life skills, you know, as opposed to, that's what I've been the most frustrating with as I've gotten my hands into this homeschooling is I'm like, man, I just want to give them more real life skills um, that are going to help them, you know, down the road. And so that's my out for my home scale. You know, my homeschool fail as a mom these last couple of weeks, it's been rough.
0: (laughs) I would love to have you give us a little bit of insight into LinkedIn.
1: LinkedIn, I can't say enough. It is a platform like none other. It, you know, it was a big part of my business growth. I would say 90% of it actually, um, just from being willing to put myself out there, to put our business out there. The connections I have made on there now, I don't even think of them. So many of them as connections. They're truly like true life friends now. Um, and then once I meet them in person, it's like, we've known each other all along. It's, you know, my husband would make fun of me through, he's like, Oh, you're virtual friends, but they've become real life friends now. Like, like literally when I meet these people, they are exactly, you know, you have to be careful on there as well. But I'm saying for the most part, the people I truly have engaged with and actually done business with when I meet them, it's like we've been friends forever. Um, you know, I, I grew my business, I would say almost four forty 40 to 50% just. From the leads, my inbox is filled with leads and opportunities. I'm like, and we can't even keep up with it. I met my two other partners on LinkedIn, Shanae and Courtney, and we formed MedSnake Media. Um You know, so it's like, it just, it was like the snowball effect. And it all started with being willing to put myself out there, to being willing to, you know, to, to not, you know, care what people thought. And that's the biggest thing. Like that first step is really hard. Just like I was talking about that fear, it's going to overwhelm you but you just gotta jump through it that's part of maybe your goal to grow is just like i'm going to start putting out content on linkedin consistently right like like maybe that's what terrifies you and that has to be your growth it will pay off if you're on there and you're on there consistently because everybody has something that they can share everybody and everybody has something that can benefit somebody else it doesn't have to be thousands and thousands of people even if you just benefit one or two people And then if those one or two people turn into a lead, then that's worth it right there, right? We can't get caught up in, I just want something to go viral, or some of our posts that actually had the least engagement were actually the ones that we got business leads from. So it's not even about views and and engagement and all of that all the time. It's about putting out something quality, and it only takes one person to get a lead from that ends up being a great partnership down the road. So, you know, you have to see it in so many different perspectives.
0: Would you be able to give the listeners a tip especially those listeners who have been afraid to post content or afraid to post a video or or fearful of saying the wrong thing. What would you say to those folks Joy, to, to get them to to break through because I know this is really important to you for to, for people to break through including yourself to break sure. through on things. So how can we help some people today break through the fear of posting? say, their first video?
1: Sure, so first I would say go out there and consume. You know, like consume a lot of content. Support, write comments on ones that resonate with you. Kind of learn, like, what is it that speaks to you? You know, what resonates with you? Because if you kind of get a sense for that, um, then you're gonna know what kind of messaging needs to be out there. Not that you're copying somebody, but if it resonates with you, that means there's something inside of you Probably that you face that you can share a similar type of experience or lesson that you've learned. So definitely consume and support first to build, you know, a community um, around you. And then, you know, as you build those, that engagement, as you build those connections and friendships. Feel free to, to ask them when you're about to do your first post. Hey, I'm going to be doing my first post. Do you mind supporting it um, or can I tag you? I always tell people, tag me. Or, tell me, but then tag me and I'll make sure I go support it. And so then you have a little bit of that, like, you know, reassurance that when I post something, there's going to be people out there supporting me. And then put it out there and don't worry about it being perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's about being authentic. It's about being real. And, and remember, it's not about the views. It only takes you reaching one person and making a difference to make it worth it. And I think if you go in with that mindset, it really relieves a lot of pressure. Um, and then as you, I mean, I was going to actually do a post here coming up soon about how I've grown and how my perspective has shifted. You know, as you, as you do this more, as you get into it more, you really start to really not care, you know, about every now and then those comments that are negative or whatever. You really
0: you know, it really just
1: starts to bounce off of you because, you know, you realize that you're not going to make everybody happy and you're not trying to make everybody happy. You know, that's not the point here. Right. And
0: look, I think with any type of growth, and, and we could even relate this to your marathon, there's always resistance. There's always a force, mm-hmm. an equal and opposite. So when you do something good, there's going to be mm-hmm. people trying to pull you down. When you're that's trying to cool. run that marathon at mile 10, your your knees give it out on you. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always that resistance. It's Mm-hmm. It's the mindset of of being able to break through at those most challenging times mm-hmm. and, and to fend off that resistance that is inevitable, right? It happens. Okay. And, and the higher you go and the higher you elevate, whether it's in your business or personal life or whatever it may be, the harder the forces are. But as you okay. just said at the end, which I love, is that you kind of become numb to it, right? And Ed yeah. Milet taught me this, like... You know, it's mm-hmm. like it, it, something negative comes in, send it right back out. Don't even let right. it penetrate where it used right. to penetrate and sit and you and think about it. No, I don't even give that a thought anymore. So, really right. important stuff. And thanks for that um, advice for for people. That's that's really really good. And I I love how you said to engage first because that's where it starts with.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you gotta your mindset is to get on there to give. You know, like. Like everyone, you know, I get the question, how do I become an influencer? That's the wrong question. It's how can I get out there and help people? Because if that's truly your goal and it's truly your motivation, you will, you know, you will get that traction because you're there to help and you're there for unselfish reasons. And that's going to resonate with a lot of people. So your goal is to how can I serve? Not how can I become an influencer? It's how can I serve? How can I help? What do I have to give? And that that will truly lead you to success, you know, in the area of social media for sure.
0: Wonderful. Okay, let's talk about a couple of things that I know are important to you. Uh, The one thing is um, you talk about your main platform is achieving a fully collaborated life in all areas, such as work, family, health, fitness Mm -hmm. and faith. How, How do you manage all that? Why is that? Why is that? important to achieve a full collaborated
1: life. Because I think otherwise you're gonna feel empty, you know, just like we were talking about how it's this seesaw. And you know what we've all heard the stories of, of these extremely successful, wealthy people who get to the end of their life and they're on their deathbed all alone, dying. And you know, their their last words are like, what good was all this money? Right? I mean I lost all my family along the way. I have no one even here mourning my death. Like like what good was all of that, right? So we always have to keep that side of ourselves in check as far as chasing the money and neglecting our family. And, you know, that is really a collaborating act. It really is because, you know, the more you, you are trying to grow your business, the speed you're trying to grow your business, it's easy to get really disconnected from your family and what's from going on at home, you know, and it, it's, it's really hard to jump between the two. And we got to find a way to do that. It might mean going a little slower, you know, in growing that business or in achieving our goals, going a little slower so that we still have the time to stay connected. But it's so important that we don't, you know, become alienated from our family. And then the opposite, you know, people can make the excuse, well, I have kids, I have this, I, I don't have the time right now to work on myself to, to, you know, have any type of professional goals. And, that's not what we were meant to be either, right? We're still meant to. We're called to to make the most of ourselves. I think one of the most freeing books I read it was um, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace yes. Wattles. It's Absolutely, an old, old school book.
0: I have it, it right does, here.
1: Uh, do you have it? Yes. So you have you heard the audio? It's really old school. <laughs> Hold on. It's like old school Bible. I have to grab it it's right here. I love that book um, because it was freeing, you know, look at that. I love it because I grew up in this real, in this mindset of, you know, be content with what you have and to want to be rich, to want to be successful. Like there's the evil behind that. And, and it's not, you know, he really brings out the points that God calls us to be the best, to make the most out of ourselves so that we can turn around and help other people. And there's nothing, there's no shame in that you know, the contrary, if we don't, you know, achieve all we can achieve, then shame on us. So that was just really freeing. And I actually read that book, it's probably been about five years ago. And that kind of was one of the things that propelled me to say, you know what, it's okay to want to grow my business. It's okay to want to make more money. It's okay, even though I have this family I'm trying to raise. So that was really freeing. Um, And, and that just really showed me the the joy and the happiness that came with feeling free to be able to still spend time with myself, even though I have a family and everybody to give myself to. Um, So, you know, those two, and then, you know, I'm a big advocate. You have to be the best you, you can be, you have to keep up with your health and your nutrition and your fitness. I mean, you just have to, there's no way you can handle and be as sharp, and be as resilient, and have the energy you need, and the clarity of thought, unless you're taking care of yourself, and so many people might do good with the other two, but then they let that fall, and then before they know it, they're not there for their family, they're not there for their work, why? Because they're just fighting for their life, right? So it's so important that we don't, you know, push that aside in the name of trying to keep up with our professional life and our family, we have to have that as well, and then at the end of the day, you know, we have to have a belief in something bigger than ourselves, you know. And I never push my beliefs of God on anybody because I truly believe that it's something you have to seek and you have to want and you have to find on your own because it's about a relationship. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. And we've all been hurt by uh, you know people that believe in God, but yet they place all these rules and judgment and regulations and. They are absolutely not a picture of true faith and who God is, not at all. So that's why I always encourage people, you know what, you have to seek it out for yourself. You have to find your own relationship for yourself. Um, And that's why, you know, really in my social media, everybody knows I'm a Christian and they deduct that from a lot of my posts and time to time I'll put something out there. But my real reach in that area is when they send me a direct message. Because when they send me a direct message, now they're asking and they're seeking. And now I have the freedom to speak into their life. And that's it, a big difference in approach. And some people might not like that approach. But for me, I think it's a really effective one because I want people to come seeking um, for truth in that area. Because, you know, right now in the pandemic, and if, if my faith was in money or family or my health or relationships or anything else, I would be in a complete panic right now. Even um, Sunday night after Easter, we had all these tornadoes and storms come through. And I'm telling you, it was scary because there's nothing you're, you never feel more vulnerable as when there's tornado watches and tornadoes just a couple miles down the road. Like there's nothing you can do, right? You're completely helpless. And it's such a reminder that our faith has to be in something so much bigger than than anything else you know in order to have that peace and calm and joy and so you know those all of those things put together truly make for a satisfying and fulfilled life and that's what i want for everybody because it is possible but you have to discipline yourself to pursue all of those and to keep them in check
0: wow well said how did you hear about this book
1: um I actually had somebody seek me. It's a funny story. Somebody seeked me out for a job opportunity. Um, and then they were having a mastermind and they asked me to join the mastermind group. And that was the book. Okay. And um, he was this big mega millionaire, billionaire. I don't know. And um, I'll tell you, as we were going to the book on the mastermind class, and this was far before I really started growing professionally But he pulled me aside and he was like, Joy, you know, I really see that you're going to, you know, and he spoke some really kind words into my life of the potential he saw in me. And that meant a lot to me too, you know, that, and that's how powerful our words are. Just somebody speaking into my life and telling me what they saw in me, it made me want to live up to that. Wow. And um, so it, it was neat how way back then he saw a little bit more in me and pointed it out, and it just encouraged me to you know keep growing so that I could you know reach and, and keep searching for that potential.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I, I've never shared this before, Joy, but this book actually empowered me to write my last book.
1: Oh, it's it's amazing, isn't it? I love that book, and there's no one that I met that doesn't read it, so even though the book, it's this so is difficult to
0: read. I, I wrote
1: oh yes 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 but,
0: but it was inspired by this so it's um, so
1: inspiring it's like the bible of of of, of growth it, it truly is yes. and it's just as hard of a read as the bible but it, it is. is so worth it it is yes. so worth it
0: it took me about a year to actually go through it go through it again and fold it. Yeah. It. yes but then once i did digest it that's when i was inspired to write my own book to try to put it in my own words to to help others. So that's such a great story. It's so
1: freeing. Isn't it the most freeing book? Because it it makes you feel like, wow, if I don't live up to my full potential financially and seek that, then that's the shame in it all. You know, like like, be the best you can be. There's so much more to us than than we even believe.
0: Exactly. Okay. So I'd love to get your thoughts on this next quote of yours, which is. There is no such thing as balance. It's impossible.
1: Mm-hmm. So true. That. It's so, because I'll tell you, you know, as a working mom, and I started off working from home. Uh, well, let me quick, real quick. My first job out of uh, my master's degree was uh, with NBC, um, the television station. It's funny. I tell my kids NBC now, and they don't even know what NBC, ABC, CBS <laughs> is. They're like, what's that? You know, like trying to impress them. They're like, what's NBC? That's like, I don't um, but anyway, so that was my first big job out of, uh, you know, right out of school. Um, and then during that time, I had just recently got married and all of a sudden we were unexpectedly expecting. And it, it rocked my world because I was like, wait, this wasn't in the plans. Like I hadn't even thought about childcare or anything yet. Like I had these big professional dreams and it stopped me in my tracks And then I was hit with how in the world are you going to juggle both? Because we didn't have family in time in town. You know, we didn't have any support. We started off with the daycare thing. He was sick, 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 sick. We both ran out of sick days. And then we're looking at each other. Okay, who's going to call our boss and tell them we're out of sick days, out of vacation days, but we got to take off because he's sick. And, you know, that's when it hit me. Wow, I I never knew it was going to be so hard to work and have a kid. Um, and so then that, that translated me into, you know, searching and and I ended up being able to work from home. I started my advertising agency and then that was a whole nother set of challenges, but it was, you know, it was doable. And then from there I added kids to the equation, continuing to work from home. And that was during a time where working from home wasn't as easy as it is now. You know, like we didn't have email on your phones, cell phones were like so limited. I don't even there was no texting, nothing. So it was really a struggle to work from home and raise these small kids, um, you know, by myself. And 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 that's when I was in that trying to do everything perfect and feel balanced and always feeling less than, right? Like looking at the moms that didn't work and thinking, wow, they're such a better mom than me because they can totally focus on their kids and and, and, or looking at someone who's a professional with no kids and thinking, man, I'm such a failure professionally. Look at everything they're accomplishing. I have these kids holding me back, like just always feeling less than, and like a failure. And, and there's like maybe one day a year where everything aligns and you feel like everything's perfect, but those are so far and few between. And, and so if we're always putting our pressure on ourselves to have this balance, which is impossible, we're always going to be frustrated. And so that's when it just kind of evolved in my mind, that seesaw effect of, you know, be really open. You know, kids, I'm going to be traveling a little bit this week for work. It's going to be really busy. I might miss a soccer game. I might, I'm going to, but I'm doing this for you, right? I'm doing this for our family. I'm doing this so we communicate with them why we might miss some type of event that's special. And, you know, with this many kids, you're going to miss events anyway, just because you can't keep up with everybody, (laughs) period let alone throw in, you know, a heavy work schedule and traveling and all of that, like, you just have to say, look, it's it's not possible, guys, you know, like, so give me a break, let's let's talk through this, and, and the same thing with work, you know, so it, it was, it was finding that peace, you know, with myself through that, that I just realized, you know, everybody needs to be freed like that, they need to know that it's a collaboration, it's not a balance, like, you're never going to find that, so just stop and give yourself a break, and um, in my podcast, I go into some funny stories, too, where I was taking on so much mom guilt and only to find out, you know, that it wasn't even that. It was a totally selfish reason on my kids' part, you know, as to why they were complaining about something, and here I was taking it on as mom guilt. So there's so much that we just have to, you know, just relieve ourselves of that guilt, um, of that work-family type collaboration.
0: Fantastic. Okay. So, wow, we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, I just have one more question, if that's okay. And sure. um, that is, I'd love for you to expand. You talked about this a little bit, but you you like to talk about having to constantly be put in a place of being uncomfortable in
1: mm-hmm. order to
0: continue to grow. Um, and then I know your hashtag is growth mindset, right? So you're always mm-hmm. talking about that growth. And I, like you, I'm you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I have a lot of guests on the show. Um, the whole you know, I think the focus of life is growth, right? If you, you talked about it a lot in, in different ways. We can't sit still. We have to constantly be moving, growing. And um would just love for you to give a little bit more information about how being how, you know, how being uncomfortable helps you grow like, why is that the case? What did you learn from that? And what can you share with others to help them get uncomfortable in order to grow?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I spoke in Atlanta, it was about a month and a half ago. And I actually walked people through my journey of, you know, when I went through my divorce and the financial, you know, pressure that was there, and, and really how it got to a point where there was, no money left in the bank. Um, you know, the divorce hadn't been finalized yet. So there really wasn't even any help with childcare. I had three kids. I mean, I had lost all my business contacts cause I worked for a family member who was against this divorce. So they just fired me and like all my contacts were, I mean, it was just the most disastrous situation. I think I threw it out there on my post as like a reality show. I was like, this is your reality. You know, you have Three kids, no no professional references at all. You have like no money, you know, like how are you gonna get through this? And um and I say that to say what I learned when I got to the end of that journey is is what what showed me why it's so important that we're always in this sink or swim mode. Because at the end, um right when literally everything was about to go under for me, I got a lead um to go into somebody who might have been willing to hire me as a client um and going into that meeting that initial meeting to give them the proposal you can imagine like everything was resting on this person saying yes okay everything because my first mortgage payment was due that's what I got in the divorce with my house and I had no money no job and if I missed the one mortgage payment the house went back to him as well so it was like, why did you go for the house? You know, like, like you got no, but you got the, I mean, it was like made no sense. But something just told me, this is the kid's security. This is what they want. I'm going to go for this house. So that's the situation I was in going into this business proposal, giving this client a proposal. And you, I went into that meeting with so much more boldness than the old joy would have never had. Right. Wow. I asked for an amount of money that I would have never had the courage to ask for because that's exactly what I needed for this mortgage payment and then on top of that this person was an attorney so I thought you know what I need this money like now this isn't like money I this fee can't be in 30 days like I need it now so I was like you know what they're good with retainers let me tell them I need a retainer up front so I went through all these steps and this boldness and I threw out the number gulp you know and he's like oh yeah that seems fair And then when I went out there and threw out what I needed as a retainer, go, I would have never done that. But I did all those transactions as if, because it was true, everything was on the line because it was, right? And so when all that went through and and he, he agreed, he gave me the retainer and that was my ticket. And that was the sign that I needed that, you know what, you are going to make it, you know, it's been the hardest year of your life. you're going to make it look what you just accomplished you have the money for the mortgage you know let's not think about after that but you have the money for that first mortgage payment and i took from that the lesson that i need to move forward in every business transaction walking into it you know with that boldness with that confidence because that rubs off on the person you're with the most confident person in the room is more than likely going to be the person that walks away you know, on that higher end of the deal or the negotiation. And so it's being willing to put yourself out there with that confidence and that fight that everything's on the line. And, and, and that's why it's so important. I was in a challenge, the biggest challenge of my life really. And in this growth pattern, and that's another aspect that taught me when you approach business transactions that way, it's going to be completely different too, you know? Um, because you need to go into every business transaction as if everything's on the line, and your approach will be a lot different and a lot more confident
0: Wow, joy I love that. <laughs> that so awesome that is such a great story and it's inspiring um it and and what I love about that it kind of goes back to the book too, where mm-hmm. you know it's you know you have to have the confidence, but it's money money is energy right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, if if you feel you deserve that fee, which you felt mm-hmm. you did, then you mm-hmm. can be confident about it and you could go in. And, but I love the fact that you have that mindset of always being that way. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think once we let our guard down and go back to our that's old ways, right, you could easily fall backwards. And wow, that's very, very powerful. What a great story. Awesome. So Joy, if you were to pick up your cell phone right now, and call the 20-year-old Joy. <laughs> what advice would you give her, if anything?
1: I would I would definitely have given her the advice to be in this growth mindset now because in my 20s, I wasn't. Um, you know, I was in college. You know, I was and then, you know, went on to get my master's degree and kind of had these hopes and aspirations. But I was at a very just comfortable, fun stage of my life. And... I would have told myself, I mean, because I look back and I'm thinking, had I had this mindset back then, oh my goodness, where would I be today, right? Like, like I just had no clue, and life was too comfortable, and, you know, I didn't appreciate the challenge, um, and that was one of the times in my period in life where I was in a dip of being comfortable, and now I see, you know, how devastating that can be, so I never... Want to be comfortable again. And so that's why even that mindset, taking it into the COVID-19 challenge that we're in right now, I appreciate this, you know, as hard as it is and and how heartbreaking and the challenges that I'm facing personally right now, I also appreciate it because I'm like, you know what? This is breaking me down. This is going to build back muscle that's so much stronger. This is the hill part of the training. Like, like I can appreciate it. And, and that also gives just a sense of peace and calm. And, um, you know, a reminder that, you know, it's so important. So that's what I tell myself. Get your butt up and get uncomfortable because you're way too comfortable right now, you know, in your 20s. I really was.
0: Fantastic. Joy, if people want to get in touch with you, um, whether it's to help their their medical practice or if they're looking for any other uh, advice or, or, or coaching, what's the best way for them to reach out?
1: Sure. So on LinkedIn, I spend the most time there. It's Joy McAdams. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Jay McAdams five. And then we have our podcast, raising a boss, babe. Uh, that's the one with my daughter and I, and then I'm also on Mark Steckman's, um, radio show, uh, and podcast, um, business beyond the boardroom. So I'm on there every Tuesday and you can listen from anywhere for that one.
0: So Awesome. This has been a a real pleasure and a joy, no pun intended. Uh, One last question I ask all my guests, Joy, at the end of the day, you have a lot of life to live, and I can't wait to watch your career prosper and grow in the future. But at the end of the day, what type of mark do you want to leave here on this earth? What, What do you want your legacy to be?
1: I really want my legacy to just be, give people that sense of joy and peace and calm and accomplishment, you know, and and really leave them with that growth mindset, you know, to to really be pursuing that challenge and growth in your life. Uh, That's that's really, you know, the impact I want to leave. And, you know, just the fact that it is all about a healthy collaboration, and you really want to try to finish with it all, all the aspects of your life, not to just focus on one.
0: Fantastic. Joy McAdams, welcome to the American Real family. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: It was an honor, it was so nice to meet you and I'm glad we're both in the uh, book club with Wallace Wallace. (laughs) Wattles.
0: Absolutely, thanks so much. Yes. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we can help reach me through instagram or facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week